If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John. John 10, we'll start in verse 6 and we'll go from there. And you know, we've been uh, in a series in the book of John where Jesus declared, I am. And we've seen that Jesus declared that he is the bread. And not just bread for our body, but for our entire lives. And if we want our lives to be healthy, if we want them to be fruitful, if we want to be plentiful, we need to have him in the middle of our lives. And then we've seen where he is the light. And ultimately what he wants us to do is reflect the light that he has, right? Remember when we talked about the moon? The moon has no ability to produce light on its own. Just like us, the scripture says that there's no, really no goodness inside of us. But what we can do, just like the moon, we can reflect the light of the sun. Somebody say amen. 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 All, all pagans after a while <laughs> for that. So, so it's important for us to know that, and sometimes this gets mixed in in the world that we live. It gets confusing and mixed in, but it's so important for us to know and to understand that God wants the absolute best for us right? And you know what? Let me just go even further than this. Even if you are not a child of God and, and you still live in the world and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God still wants the absolute best for you. Even though you, you mess up and even though you do all these crazy things, God still wants the best for you. So if you've got your Bibles Go ahead and turn to 10, verse 6, entering the sheep pen. And I'll explain that a little bit more as we go on. And it says, those who heard Jesus using this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the door. Those who come in, shall be saved, everybody say saved. saved, and they will come in and go freely, and they will find good pasture. Everybody say good pasture. Good pasture. Amen. All right, bow your heads with me, please, as we go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I do praise you this morning. We thank you, Father, for your, your words and your instructions that you give us. And Father, I just pray for revelation knowledge for each and every person sitting here today, that they'll somehow, some way, they'll see your, your word in a, in a new light and a powerful light, and you'll speak to their hearts and you'll speak to their minds, and they'll make decisions to follow you in a closer and more relevant way. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so first we see there that, that Jesus says, those who come through me will be saved. And it's not hard to imagine that Jesus is the door to get into heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him, right? So this is a very important part that we see that there's so many people in the world today that want to embrace and have the blessings of God in their life, but here's the problem. They don't know the true God, and they don't know how to get to the true God. 
They are searching everywhere, high and low and, and inside of their selves and, and all those other, other different ways are searching searching to, because they have a desire. I really think it's a God-given desire to have his blessings and hit to know their creator. But they don't know the one true God and they certainly don't know how to get to the one true God. I have a friend of mine went to school with him. Uh, I talk to him on a regular basis and, and he's always talking to me about Buddha. And how, and how you, you cleanse yourself and, and you cleanse all of yourself out and you wash yourself out. No, the, the scriptures tells us that the, there's nothing good inside of a man. We were, we, we, we were are a fallen creature. We have sinned before the God of, of Israel, of Jacob and Isaac and when, and we have sinned before him. And there's only one way back to him, and that is to go through the door of salvation. That's what the scripture says right here. Those who come through me will be saved. Amen. And if you have never been saved, if you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt, 100% that heaven will be your home whenever, whenever it comes your time to die, if you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you need to take care of that today. Because no man knows the hour. We don't know when our time will be up. The next thing Jesus tells us, he says that they will come and go freely and will find good pasture. Now in the, in the, in the days of old, in, in the days of Israel, you can see here. And this is a pen for the sheep and and the title of the sermon is Entering the Sheep Pen. And you can see that there's a door right here. And of course, this is a very poor picture, and I, and I give you that. But if you could see this picture more clearly, laying there at the door is the shepherd. The pen literally has no door unless the shepherd is laying there. And that's what Jesus, Jesus himself said. He said, I come, that they will come and go freely and where they'll find good pasture. Well, there's something else you'll find. You'll find protection. You'll find a, a, a place of rest when your mind is running crazy and we've all experienced that. Whether it's because of family or, or whatever the case is, our minds goes crazy. Well, Jesus provides a place of rest. A place where we can lay down and not have to worry about the enemy coming in. A place that we can carry our troubles to and we can lay them down at the, at the foot of the shepherd and he'll hold on to them for us and he'll get rid of them for us so that we don't have to carry them back out. So the, so that Jesus, the, the shepherd, he's laying before the door and he's protecting the sheep and that's why it's so important that you are a sheep of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ. Entering into the, to the sheep's pen is, is not just a, something easy that we're able to do. You can work and work and work and try to do everything right and you will fail. You can, you can try to give to the, give to the poor and, 
and help at different charities and all kinds of things and fail. But if you'll come to the door named Jesus Christ, and if you'll knock on that door, you'll find what you're looking for. You might not find riches, you might not find fame, you might not find the things of the world, but you will find peace. You'll find pasture. You'll, you'll find a place to lay your weary head. You'll find leadership for your family. You'll find leadership for your business, for your marriage. You'll find the true riches this world has to offer. Amen. Amen. You know, Jesus is the door of the sheep pen. If we want to enjoy the things of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they only come through Him. You can look all over the world, but they will only come through him, the door to all the things of God, Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says a lot about doors. Psalms 107, 20, it says, we were snatched from the door of death. Who would have thought that death would be that real, that there's actually a, a door that separates life, and then just a few inches farther, there's death. Revelations 3.20, I talked about this a few weeks ago. Jesus stood at the door and knocked. And if you remember that, that classic photo of that classic picture, that painting of Jesus where he stands at the, at the door and he's knocking on the door. And if you'll remember, there's no door handle. He cannot open that door on his own, but yet he stands at the door of our heart and the doors of the churches and he knocks. And oh he, oh, he would love to open that door for us, but he can't. It's only us. We're the only ones that can go through and open that door because the key is in our heart. One of the greatest illustrations of love that God give us is free will. God loved us so much that he says, I love you this much, will you love me back? I did all of this for you. This is what I want for you. This is my desire for your life and your family's life. Will you love me back? That's what we do with our families, right? We don't lock our spouses in at night. We don't have bars on the windows at night to keep our spouse in. No, we love them and we desire for them to freely love us back. So Jesus stands at the door and knocks of our heart and, and he, wants to, he wants us to come through that door to him. Mark 13, 29, it says, when you see these things taking place, get ready because his return is near even at the door. Jesus is at the door now just waiting to return to collect his people. James 5, 9, it says, don't talk about your brother. It says, your judge is at the door. And none of us like to think about our judge being at the door, but the truth is, he is. So in biblical times, we see that doors were important, just like they are now, right? In biblical times, it was for protection, we see here that Jesus is the door to the, to the sheep pen. He is there to keep the sheep in and protect them and keep the bad things out. 
And that's no different today. I mean, how, does your, your car has a door, right? Your car has a door. And that's to protect you, to keep you from falling out, right? Your house has a door. That's protect your loved ones. Your garage has a door. Your dog pens has a door, right? You got a, you got a big gate that keep your cattle in and your horses in, right? So, so it's, uh, it's not hard. It's very simple to figure out that doors are very important. And they really have two specific jobs to do. The first one is to offer protection. We had that building up here quite a while back. We had a building built up here, a little, a little shack. And, and, and we wanted to stay inside of it to protect us from the things of the world. And that's the way your family is. You got a door on your house to keep the bad weather out and the bad things out, the bad people out. So a door is for protection. And Jesus wants to protect you. He wants to protect your family. From the cold, from the thieves, from the robbers, he wants to protect you from that stuff. But also there's another thing that doors are so essential of. They've got to open. Is there anybody here who's got doors on your car, but you locked your keys in your car? So you might have had four doors on your vehicle, and not a one of them was working, right? You might have, had a, you might have locked the, the keys in your house or not have had a key, so you might have had doors on your house, but you couldn't get in. Well, that's not the way Jesus is. Jesus opens the door and he says, whoever seeks me and comes to the door and knocks, he says, I will open the door. No matter what your situation is, no matter what your heartache is, no matter what your turmoil is today. You know, the largest door in the world, anybody know what the largest door in the world is? Anybody? I'll tell you the second largest in the door in the world. Minnesota Vikings Stadium. It's over 75 foot tall, 55 feet wide, and the first section of it weighed 57,000 pounds. The largest door in the world is from the VAB building at NASA, 456 feet tall. And it takes 45 minutes for it to open. The door I'm talking about this morning, the door to heaven, the door to green pastures, takes but a moment to open. The moment you humble your heart, the moment you seek him, the moment you ask him to help you, the moment you ask him to guide you, the moment you ask him to save you, that's when it starts to change in your life. So Jesus is a door to the sheep pen. He is a door to heaven. He is the door to all the good things that God has for us. But he's not a door that everyone will find. In fact, Jesus said that he is not the large door. 
Not like the door at NASA where everybody finds it. No. Jesus said, it's a narrow path and few will find it. We went to Annapolis a few weeks ago. And as we was going into actually the sanctuary, when we was going into the sanctuary, the first time I went in, I went in straight through where everybody else was. And you walked in and it's like crowded. There's people everywhere. But then I realized after we was up in the balcony, I realized, hey, I didn't have to go the same place everybody else went. I realized there's a better way, a less traveled way, where you could just go up here and around there and there, and there, there you was, right there to your seat. You didn't have to fight the crowd. You didn't have to fight any of that stuff. And that's the way Jesus is. You'll see the entire, the most of the entire world flogging and going one direction, trying to get this from the world, and trying to get that, and trying to fill themselves up, and trying to do all of these things to satisfy that hole inside of them. And they're all working and striving and striving to, to get to the same place, which will inevitably be a, not a good place. They will still be empty. They'll still be hungry. They'll still be thirsty. But for the ones that will seek, the ones that will seek Christ are the ones that will be fed. The ones that find the narrow road. Matthew, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew real quick for me, please. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Jesus never claimed to be the largest door. He says in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, he says, enter through the narrow gate. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind is why? Why not go through the big one? Why not follow everybody else? Why, why not? Why go through the little door? Why? Let's just all go right here. You know, Joshua and Caleb, this just come to mind. Joshua and Caleb, when they went to spy out the land and the, and the 10 spies were sent, there was only two come back and followed and had agreed to follow God. There was only two had faith to follow God. Eight of them fell short. It doesn't pay to follow the crowd. It doesn't pay to go through the big door. No, those that find the blessings of God will go through the small door. The narrow door, the less traveled door. It says, enter through the narrow door. For the door is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the door is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few that will find it. Now here's the thing we need to understand. Jesus is a narrow door and the scripture says that only a few will find it. But the God's desire and Jesus' desire is for all men to be saved. The scripture tells us in 2 Peter 3, 9, it's a classic scripture, and I love this scripture. It's God's will for none to perish, but all men to come to repentance and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. All men. John 3, 16 tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him 
shall not perish. But Jesus himself said, few will find it. Few will find it. Now, now the key here is really simple. Scripture says to seek and you will find. And it's up to us to seek. And you can go as far as you want. You can go through the first door. You can seek a salvation. And you can step into salvation. And you can stop at that door. And you can decide how much farther you want to go. You decide how much farther, how much more of Christ you want. How much more of God you want. That's up to us as individuals. And we make that decision every day. Compared to the multitudes of lies from the beginning until, until now, few will find the only door of Jesus Christ. Not because it's locked and not because he is not seeking us and not because he is not pouring out his love upon this earth, on this earth but because mankind does not seek him. You know, I try not to get in too deep of discussions on Facebook and with individuals in public. But sometimes you just have to address things. And I have found one of the best ways to do that is to tell them, if you seek, you will find. That transcends everything. If they don't seek, they won't find. But if they will seek, they will find. So Jesus is the door to the sheep pen, not the door for everyone. Everyone will not find him. He is not the largest door. We've seen that. In fact, Jesus said that it's a small door. It's a narrow path, and few will find him. But make no mistake about it, he is a secure door. He is the door, he is a way to the Father that you can enter into and your troubles cannot get to you. If you will enter in into his presence and, and find green pastures, your worries can escape you. Your troubles, in, whether it's at work or in life or with your family, whatever the case may be, they can escape you for a time if you'll enter in to his rest. And that's my call this morning. That's what I ask you this morning. If you have never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's where you start. You see, if you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have no place to lay your troubles. You have no place to lay your burdens. You have no way of getting rid of the cares of this world. And I also want to remind those that have entered into the door of salvation, if you have entered that door of salvation, don't forget the door of rest. Don't forget to enter into that pasture, that rest where, where he watches over us and protects us and we can leave our troubles and our cares outside the door. He is a secure door. Praise him if you'll come, please. In closing... I always want to give an opportunity, not only for salvation, but for commitment.
And let me tell you what I've learned in my own life. I can decide, decide things and think about things for a week, two weeks, a month, six months, and a year. But until I make a commitment, until I decide in my heart that this is the direction and this is what I'm going to do, it's all for naught. And I truly think the old saying that the path leading to hell is full of good intentions. I, I think that's true. I think that's true. I mentioned just a moment ago that the scripture says that Jesus is standing at the door. And I I, I think you understand what that means. That means that he could come today. That means he could come tomorrow. The first thing comes to my mind, yes, but I have friends and I have family that don't know the Lord. Let me share something real quick with you. If you are so concerned about your friends and your family coming to know the Lord, the best way for that to happen is for you to get closer to the Lord. For you to have a greater commitment to the Lord. And rest assured, they will see that great commitment that you have to the Lord. Proverbs 16.25, it says, There is a path which each person seems right, but the end is death. Second part of John 10.10, this is a powerful words of Jesus. that He came that you may have life and have it to the fullest. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. And he is the door to all things that God has. We will never be satisfied until we partake of the bread of life. And our paths will never be lit without the light of the world shining on it. And we'll never get to heaven without going through the door. You'll never find rest in this world without going through the door. And that door is Jesus Christ. One more scripture, Matthew 7, 8. It says, everyone that knocks, the door will be open. So that's my challenge to you. Not only today, but in the, in the days ahead. Knock on that door. Press in to the things that God has for you. Press into the things that God has for your family. So if you're not 100% sure that heaven is your home, if you know you're not as close to God as you should be, please come this morning. Make a declaration to you and those around you that things will be different between you and your Lord you and your Savior. Please stand with me, please. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, I just lift this congregation up to you, Father. Father, it's out of love and compassion that I pray for them. Father, it's our desire, it's my desire, Father, to see them walk in the things that you have for them. To see them walk in the goodness and the mercies that you have placed before them.
my my desire to see them walk in the gifts and callings that you've placed that you've placed inside of them that your light will shine bright in their lives for all the world to see in Jesus name I pray amen it is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.